Hey guys, welcome to the Rob DeVille Fitness Podcast, where you can get all sorts of information and tips on health, nutrition, and fitness going from couch to muscle bound and as quickly and most effectively as possible. I hope you stay tuned. I really hope you subscribe. If there's anything that you want to comment on, make sure to check me out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rob DeVille Fitness or find me online at robdevillept.tk. Hey guys, Rob DeVille. Have you heard of the if you don't buy it, you don't eat it diet? That's kind of cool. It's something that I do. I don't uh, I don't buy a lot of junk foods anymore, so I don't have them in the house, so I don't eat them. And it works, but it took me a long time to get there. In fact, it's actually the reason why I started what I call the no excuses diet. The no excuses diet is the paramount beginning where you should start when you're just getting into dieting and weight loss and nutrition and essentially self-management. The first thing that we like to do is define exactly why we're eating. And I know that when I was younger, I was a very big bored eater. I would eat when I was bored. In fact, I'm an emotional eater, period. I would eat when I'm upset or sad or happy, etc. All of these things were driving my need to consume food. So as I would consume food, I wasn't very active, which means that all of the high excess sugary foods and all the extra carbs they were going through the normal process of getting converted to glycogen and into energy that I wasn't utilizing, so it turned to stored fat. I talked about all of that process in my previous podcast about carbs, cut them down, not out. So what I want to talk about today is actually what I want to call, like I said, the no excuses diet. And that is a very, very simple process. It's uh, maybe four or five parts. The first one, what we're going to do is we're going to define why we're eating. Are we an emotional eater? What emotion is tied to when we like to eat? Are there multiple different emotions that are tied to this? Then we're going to look at how to scale back our food. And portion control or moderation are two terms that fitness professionals usually throw around and they don't understand the the difficulty for those of us who really like food and who have struggled with being overweight have had to really overcome. It's one of those things where they haven't experienced it. So how how dare they even tell us how to scale back our portions and how to eat in moderation? It's ridiculous. So we're going to talk about how to actually eat less. And it's a very simple thing to do. Um, it may not seem like it, but true, truthfully, I believe me, it is. And then after we figure out why we're eating, the emotions tied to it, and how to eat a little less, then we're going to start looking at what to cut out and how to cut out that junk food that we keep buying. And now the there is the obvious crap. There is your sugary foods, your high fructose corn syrup foods, your high in carb foods. And once we detail exactly all of those obviously bad foods, we also have to look at the less obvious crappy foods. Your foods that maybe appear healthy, but truthfully are not. And we have to really take a look at how do we get around those foods? Because if they appear healthy, they look healthy. And even if we read the nutrition and the label, we don't understand exactly how they're affecting our bodies. After, after we've taken those three steps, then we start looking at how to replace the foods. We start looking at how to go from eating sugar, sweets, and candies in the middle of the night to having a quick bite of something that is better for us and it's not going to add 50 pounds by the morning. Once we understand how to do these four steps, 
then it's just putting it into practice. And I guess that's really the fifth step. And that's why it's the no excuses diet, because what we're doing is we're not actually developing a diet. We're not restricting our calories. We're not counting our calories. We're simply defining exactly why we eat or why we overeat. And we're slowing ourselves down to recognize this pattern within ourselves. <clears throat> and then we're learning how to not treat it, but to cope or deal with the the issues that we have. Now, I don't like to say that I have an eating disorder, but the fact is I do. I'm what you would call a binge eater. And a binge eater is where you don't eat for an extended period of time. And when you do eat, you usually overstuff yourself. You have a food baby by the time you walk out of your meal and you feel disgusting. I also know that I eat when I'm bored and excited. I'm a very emotional eater. So knowing that, I have to prepare for that. But this is where we lead into step one. How did I even figure that out? And I may have talked about this previously with some of my clients and some of you listeners may have heard it before as well. But to define the emotion that is tied to your eating habits, what I want you to do is place a gallon jug of water in the refrigerator. With the gallon jug in the refrigerator, every time you get up I want you, and you go to the refrigerator, I want you to drink water. Now, if you find yourself getting up, going to the refrigerator, opening the refrigerator and not finding anything to eat. Now, it could be that your refrigerator is empty or your refrigerator is full or nothing looks good. Have a drink of water because most likely you're going to go back to what you were doing. And a few minutes later, you're going to get back up, head back to the refrigerator and go through the same process. Have a drink of water. Do this every single time. Not only will this cause your water intake to go up, but water has been linked to feeling more full and less hungry throughout the day when you stay well hydrated and when you drink enough water. So this is kind of a hidden step one. And we're going to define when you get up to go to the kitchen and you have a drink of water instead of eating something, try to think about why you're actually getting up. This is how I realized I was a bored eater because I wasn't doing anything. I figured I'd have a bite to eat or something. You know, I think that's what a lot of people do. So I'd go to the kitchen and grab a bite to eat. It was usually some kind of junk food that I didn't need or want, but hell, it was there and I felt I needed to be doing something. So once we have put an emotion to the reason that we're eating, we need to start working on eating less. And portion control and moderation are terms that the fitness professionals, like I said, throw around and they don't know what they really mean to people like you and I who started overweight, who understand that we need portion control and moderation and self-control, but we don't know how to obtain it. So how do we get there? How do we get to that point where we're comfortable not overeating? What I want you to do here is very similar to a method of eating that I read in a Japanese book about weight loss, diet, and nutrition. And I want you to do what they do. What they have, what they did in the book was they would take a bite of food, set their fork down, have a, uh, they would chew their food maybe 25 to 30 times, have a drink of water, pick up their fork, take a bite of food, set down their silverware, chew 25 to 30 times, have a drink of water, and repeat this until their meal, until their plate was empty. Now, when their plate was empty, they would wait 
maybe five, 10 minutes, even in extreme cases, up to 20 minutes uh, was something I had also read. And then they would determine if they want more food. And the reason behind this was because your body goes through a process when food hits your tongue to your tummy. And it takes time. Food has to travel all of that distance. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it moves slow. And for some people, it may move a little faster. Other people, it might move a little slower. But the goal is to give it enough time for your body to register that there's food in your stomach. Because we in Western culture and civilization have gotten so used to doing everything quickly, such as eating, that we eat so fast, we shove so much food in our face, and by the time we even realize that we're not hungry anymore, we've already overeaten. So slow down when you're eating. You can take big bites still, you can still shovel the food, you can take small bites or dainty bites or however you need to do it, but just take the time to let your body register that you are eating and let your body tell you if it's full. Now, when you do get to the point where you are up for seconds and you've waited a little bit of time and you're like, oh, my body says I'm still hungry, hungry, it, it has to be still hungry. I'm going to reference that one more time. Still hungry. Don't put a full plate on there anymore. Put a little bit more on a time. It's not going anywhere. You can always go up. These are the things that your mother taught you. However, I want you to stop eating if you feel content, if you feel happy, okay, or full. As soon as you feel content, which is the feeling that says, yeah, I don't need any more food. And I know that's how you say it to yourself because that's how we all say it. I don't need it, but no more buts. You don't need it. I want you just, you don't have to do it every time. Just start once or twice a week and slowly work yourself to a, a manageable position where when you realize that you're full or content, that you don't need anything anymore at that exact moment. Get more at a later time and go through the same process. So right now we've defined and went over two different things that you should be doing. You should be drinking water and you should be using the water in the refrigerator to define what emotions drive your eating. And you should just be eating slower. These are all things that don't have to restrict your diet. That we're not even restricting what you're eating or how much. We're not counting calories. We're not going low carb. We're only trying to figure out why you're eating certain foods so often or why you keep going to the refrigerator. And we're teaching your body that you don't have to shove food in it so quickly. So how do we get on to the next steps, the bigger steps, the ones that everyone's afraid of? Well, those ones are a little bit more difficult. However, they're completely manageable. We've already taught our bodies to eat slower, which essentially leads us to eating less, which means when we go to the grocery store and we're walking down some of those aisles and we see our favorite junk foods, I'll use mine for an example, Swiss cake rolls. I love them. I also love cream pie cookies. And I know now that I can't buy that stuff. If I don't buy it, it's not in the house. And if it's not in the house, I don't eat it. Remember the, it's not in the house, so you don't eat it diet? Well, that's kind of what I have to do now. But I did learn the control that I'm talking about here. So I want you, as you were going through the store, to look at some of the things that you're not craving, but you like to have. Maybe it's a package of cookies, oatmeal cream pie cookies, Swiss cake rolls, or Twizzlers. Maybe you always have a thing of Snickers. Either way, go one grocery trip without buying them. Don't guilt yourself into doing it. Just see if you can do the, nope, I'm not in the mood for that right now, or I'm not feeling it, I'm not that hungry. Use whatever you have to do to justify not picking it up this one time. 
And then that way, when you have a craving for that item later in the week, you can say, all right, I'm craving it. Continue having your water and see if not having it in the house and having water, see if that fulfills an underlying issue. Because now that it's not in the house and you can't have it, but you're still having something that's going to reinforce why the, why the emotions are driving your eating. And if the craving still persists, don't run out and buy it. Wait till you go to the shopping store next and pick it up then. That way you're not denying yourself anything. You're just delaying when you get it. And the length of time that you wait may vary depending on how frequently you go shopping. But once you determine if it's not really a craving, but an emotional driving factor, or if it's not emotional and it is a craving, you can really determine how to proceed from there. So we know that if you do give into your cravings, we know how that we need to eat slow because that's going to tell us if our cravings are overpowering us or if we're just eating too much because our cravings are too strong. As long as we can control a little bit of our cravings and force ourselves to eat slow, we're being successful. Now, remember, we still haven't cut anything out completely. We haven't counted a carb. We haven't looked at the calories. We haven't been concerned about the fats. Right now, it's not a diet. And it's still not even a lifestyle change. We're not doing anything any different by drastic means other than paying attention to our bodies. Now, that's really where health and fitness comes into play. I mean, that's what it is, isn't it? Paying attention to our bodies, figuring out what we need to actually be healthy and live an active, healthy lifestyle. We go to the doctor so they can tell us our bodies are functioning all right. We go see psychiatrists to tell us that our minds are okay. But the only big assessment that we have is ourselves. We're the reason that we go see either one of these two people. Uh, we see physical therapists if we feel like our bodies aren't moving right. All of these things we can assess. So let's start using the same mentality when we look at food. You don't need to see a diet, a dietitian or a nutritionalist. Uh, you really don't need to go to a weight loss specialist unless you're having actual medical issues that you need surgery or something else to take care of. They can all be managed, self-managed by you. So now that we've covered three steps and we're not having all of the junk in the house as often, how do we really solidify the, the change? How do we go from just doing this to making it healthy? Well, we have to start replacing the crappy foods that we've cut out or minimized with more healthier options. And I love vegetables and fruits, but fruits are a big danger. They're high in natural sugars. Remember natural sugars, glycogen, uh, energy, don't use it, turns into fat. And we can easily overeat on fruits because they are naturally sweet. And boy, do they taste good. I love pineapples and strawberries and blueberries. And I'm not a big fan of pears. But if I don't eat all of them, if I save some for later, and if I save some for when I'm in the mood, I find myself eating less per serving, uh, even though I'm eating them more frequently through the day. And that helps keep me still eating, but I'm not overeating, which means that the energy provided is not as bad as it used to be because I was overeating. But it's the vegetables that we really have to be concerned about because most of us don't get enough vegetables as it is. Now, the food pyramid used to be a lot of grains and rices and whole wholesome wheatish based foods at the bottom and fats up at the top. 
and for a while they inverted that pyramid so you were supposed to have less of one and the big flat stop was at the top and right now i think it's a plate with portions and you know nobody nobody knows how to read that crap anymore because they keep changing it nobody knows what's good for you health professionals say one thing dietricians say another weight specialists say another nutritionalists don't agree and the usda is not sure where to put anything it's absolutely ridiculous it's a joke i mean how the hell are we supposed to teach our kids the best way to eat if nobody gives them the best uh, the best formula? Well, you're going to do it at home. And it's okay to eat those steak and potatoes every night. But you're going to want to kind of keep the salt to a minimum. Um, so how do, we, how do we really turn this into the no excuses diet? Well, we have to, again, stop referring to it as a diet. It's not even a lifestyle change. This is a mental shift. We are figuring out exactly why we are eating the way we are, and we know where we want to be, so we're taking proactive steps to get there. So we have covered the water in the fridge. We know why we're eating. We know the emotions that are driving it. We know how to eat less without restricting proportions or how to control our uh, our serving sizes. We've taken a stab at really restricting some of the food that comes in, and we know that we need to eat more vegetables. And I like eating green vegetables, and green vegetables are awesome because I like what they're called a green smoothie. And you can take a bunch of green vegetables, throw them in the blender on high for a while with some water and make a green smoothie or a green shake and just pound it. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like lettuce uh, or certain types of lettuce. I'm not a big fan of spinach or kale, um, but I do enjoy broccoli and peas and green beans. Um, so it depends on what your personal flavor is. The goal is, though, just to eat more vegetables. You can even eat corn. And not a lot of people advocate corn because it's corn's a filler. It's got 123 grams per cup of, uh, I don't want to say like stripped corn, but when you take the corn kernels and you put them in a cup, it's about 123 grams. Well, it's still not nutritionally awesome. It's not nutritionally dense. It is a filler. It's one of those things that your body doesn't quite know what to do with, kind of like a potato skin. And... Um, I guess it's also like celery or iceberg lettuce. It's it's one of those things where we eat it and we feel good, we like it, but it's not doing much for us. Even if you eat these instead of eating the ice cream, when you get to that point, it, it's better than the ice cream. But the the goal is to increase your vegetable intake and lower your sugar and carb intake eventually i don't expect anybody to do it right away i don't expect somebody to wake up and go all right i'm gonna go zero carb because i've already told you that zero carb diets aren't gonna work forever what happens when you plateau you can't cut any more carbs out uh, so how do you reintroduce carbs to go against that? How do you reintroduce carbs to cut them out again? I mean, that's, that's another topic in itself. How do you, how do you go from eating a buttload of food to eating appropriate amounts of food? Well, you take the proper steps to analyze why. And then when you're eating the proper amount of foods, then you start to be concerned with everything else. I don't want you to even consider all of the other options in weight loss and nutrition and diet at this point. I want you to define why you're eating this way. So when we introduce healthier foods, we're not going to do it in a massive way. We're not going to say, okay, I stripped out all the junk food and all I'm going to eat is lettuce and hamburger. 
I did that for a week as a cleansing thing, and it sucked. I had horrible, horrible gastrointestinal problems. I was always running to the bathroom, and it's it was horrible. I mean, who the hell wants to do that shit? Uh, so we have to reintroduce as slowly as we got ourselves off of the crappy foods, which means find a few vegetables that you like and start cooking a little bit more and eating a bit more of those versus your uh, your junk foods, etc. But some people will tell you that they just don't have enough time to eat healthy. They have to go to McDonald's or Wendy's. And I'm going to tell you this right now. You don't have to do that. Um, buy yourself a slow cooker and put in a bunch of meat, some uh, lots of veggies, frozen, fresh. It doesn't matter. Add some salt-free spices and add some stock to it. Beef stock is my favorite. You can use chicken, pork, etc. And put it in the slow cooker on low uh, before you go to work. You know, good eight, nine hours, you get home and it's already done. There you go. Dinner's already done. As soon as you walk in the door, you don't have to go out and get food because you're already out and about. Uh, food's at home waiting, ready, hot, etc. And it tastes good. And you can do the same thing with breakfast. Put a cup of oatmeal in the slow cooker. For every cup that you put, put three cups of water. You can toss in some sliced apples, some peaches, bananas, pears, etc. And put it on low for while you sleep. And then when you wake up, you have an awesome breakfast and leftovers for like the next billion days. Um, so there are easy things that you can do. Simplicity is key here. We eat a lot of complex food combinations. And once we can finally identify where we are eating improperly, we can start to correct with simple foods that taste good, that we like, and are easily ready and available. In fact, a lot of why we overeat is because the wrong foods are easily and readily available. And it's one of those things where if we decide to continue going on this route, we eventually end up with a lot of avoidable, preventable diseases that risk our health overall. In fact, our total health is dependent on how we eat and take care of ourselves. So for the no excuse diet, define the emotions that are driving your food intake. Slowly eat to determine when you actually get full or content. Start slowly cutting out certain foods from your grocery shopping. Not every time, but enough to make a small difference. And then start replacing those foods with slightly healthier options. And continue to repeat this process until you have achieved enough control over your, over your food where it no longer has control over you. That's why it's the no excuse diet. Because you're not counting carbs. You're not counting calories. You're not reading the nutritional labels. You're not making up points like a like a, a weight system out there does. You're not managing anything except for your own body. Self-control for us is really difficult. And it's one of those things where if we don't learn how to be in control over our emotions or our habits, we let them drive us. And that's not where we want to be. So I want to leave with a very, very humorous story uh, before I close out. A few months ago, I was very hungry, and I had just finished up at the gym, and believe it or not, I was famished. And I didn't cook anything for dinner. I didn't want to wait. So there was a Wendy's right next door to the gym. 
and I said to myself, I said, all right, well, I'll have a little bit of Wendy's. It's not the best for me, but it's not the worst either. I'll get a chili and nothing else. And, you know, I can at least survive on a small chili till I get home. Well, I walked into the Wendy's and it smelled horrible. Like it, it just stunk. I mean, the smell of the restaurant was so absolutely putrid it made me feel physically sick i wanted to throw up it was so bad and i i was like god what is that smell and my my wife was with me and she said rob that's the smell of the restaurant you smell the meat and I, I was like does it smell that way all the time is that i mean is that how it naturally just smells and she said yeah yeah, the restaurant smelled so bad it made me sick. And that's because after you go a very long time without eating this bad food, your body uh, rejects that food eventually. In fact, many trainers have told me that they had to give up fast food uh, completely because when they had it after being on a fast food avoidance for so long, eating it made them throw up. These are the kind of things that it, it's really weird to hear, but it's very true. So that's my funny story I want to leave you with. And now remember the no excuses diet. Find out what emotions are driving your eating by having a bottle or gallon of water. And every time you go to the refrigerator and can't find what you want to eat in the refrigerator, drink some water. Eat very much slower where you can define when you are full or content. So you know if you're overeating or not and how to not overeat. Start shopping slightly differently where you are not buying all the same crappy junk foods that you were previously buying and binge eating on like I do and start replacing them with healthier food options. That's the no excuse diet. Like I said, no counting, no math, no controls, no, no restrictions, just figuring out yourself. Uh, again, I'm Rob DeVille, personal trainer, and I want to thank you very much for tuning in. Check me out on Facebook at robdevillept.dk. That's not right. That's my website. Check me out on Facebook at facebook.com slash robdevillefitness. Find me online at robdevillept.tk. Uh, leave your comments and whatnot where you can, and I'll respond as soon as I can. I look forward to hearing from you all.